Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn. Our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now. We got the same love, the same love. Stay by your side, it's right over. Welcome back to Forged in the Fires podcast. I'm your host, Fireman Rob. This is a great podcast to listen to. This guest that I have, he is a New York Times bestselling author. Oh, yeah, he is a retired Navy SEAL commander, and he's probably one of the most ambitious entrepreneurs I've ever seen. I've used his eight weeks to SEAL fit. Uh, he has the mindset that you really want to listen to today. Mark Devine, it's so great to have you on. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. <laughs> ambitious oh. entrepreneur i like that i've never thought about that <laughs> i think that's an understatement uh with all the things that you've uh developed uh, you know since you know i want to go back actually you served 20 years nine active 11 reserves uh you retired as a navy seal commander so everybody hears that and they go instantly like oh man this guy's tough as nails was it harder to be go through buds or to become an entrepreneur uh you know um buds was pretty simple right you're basically told what to do every moment of every day and if you do it and you don't quit you find yourself after nine months you know wearing a trident now of course i'm making it sound a little easier than it was probably but you know (laughs) And, and the other thing rob is you've got a um a homogeneous group of individuals who are you know, all hard chargers, all ambitious, all extremely fit, all they, for the most part, at least they think, strongly desirous to be a Navy SEAL. Or let's just say, to be fair, they are all strongly desirous of being a Navy SEAL, though many of them lack certain attributes, let's just say. So, yeah. you know, only maybe 15% make it through. But at the same point, you know, everyone's there. You kind of know what you're working with. Just like if you're a firefighter, you know what you're working with. Whereas right. when I started my first business, you know, I was, I was working with all, you know, different cats and dogs and I didn't really know them. Like I knew my teammates in the SEALs. And in fact, my two partners in my first business were my brothers-in-law, you know, my wife's brothers. And I, I didn't know them at, at all and nor should I've ever been in business with them. And it was a complete, <laughs> so it I makes, would rather, makes it even I would more rather go back to buds again than do that. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I mean, that's, you know, the, the hardest thing with understanding, I guess, the the stresses that a SEAL has on it is to be able to understand the mindset. And I love uh, one of my favorite books is that The Unbeatable Mind. And talk to me more about actually, so you didn't start with that. Um, you started with, yeah, you did start with The Unbeatable Mind. Tell me more about that book and, and what the premise behind it was. Sure. Well, I kind of... Let me back up a little bit. So 
The latter half of my SEAL career, when I was a reserve officer, I was uh, one of my projects was to, you know, they brought me in to help run or design and run a really complicated um, training program we called CERTEX, which is to, to certify deploying squadrons, SEAL squadrons. And we, you know, for the first time in 2004, we designed these to be scenario driven, intelligence driven, you know, because we're now hunting human beings. And it was different than the way that we had deployed or trained and deployed for combat. And so uh, I went in and I found I had a real penchant for doing that. And so the Navy then hired my company for a few years to run that program. And then um, the conversation in the early, uh, around that time frame, 2005, 2006, was that we needed more SEALs. And Congress was going to mandate that the Navy basically print 500 more SEALs in one year. And <laughs> the Navy came back and the SEAL said, listen, that's just really a bad idea. You can't mass produce special operators. And um, we, you know, the force had only grown by one person that year between the oh, guys wow. getting out or getting injured, you know, and retiring versus, you know, the number of people making it through BUDS SEAL training. So they proposed that instead of, you know, just cramming 500 people through the pipeline and reducing standards, which would blow the whole force. Right. Um, what we do is create a nationwide program to mentor the candidates before they go to BUDS to create a better quality input, right, which would increase right. the output. And it, it actually worked. So they hired my company to create a nationwide mentoring program for Navy SEAL candidates. Well, guess what? I, I crushed it. My company, I had 36 <laughs> SEALs out in all the recruiting districts, and we just crushed it. And I, the entire contract was stolen from me exactly one year after they gave it to me by Blackwater USA, this billion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You've heard of those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prince. And, um, and so I didn't fight it. Cause I was like, you know what, this is, I just obviously didn't belong in that arena. Um, and I'm going to do this my own way by training, you know, individual civilians and not in the government contract. So I launched seal fit and that also freed me up to do it in a way that I wanted to do it, that I couldn't do it with my hands were tied with the government contracts. And I really wanted to bring in a lot of the principles that I had learned and that worked really well for me. So I, I studied Zen for four years before I ever went to Navy SEAL training. I went to SEAL training when I was 25. I turned 26 in BUDS, but I'd been studying Zen through my martial arts for four years every single day. And it had wow. utterly profound impact on my mind and my mental state, my ability to control, to stay calm under pressure and to be emotionally connected and, and present for my team. And, and I just dominated buds as a result of that. I mean, I knew that that and the breathing exercises and the visualization that I had done is all part of that work, that quiet inner work was, you know, allowed me to be honor man in my class. I'm sure I had the physical attributes, but that wasn't the main thing. Everyone knows that about SEAL training. It's not even though you have to have the physical stuff. It's ultimately about the mental and emotional. And so I graduated yeah. number one in my class out of only 19 who graduated of 185 wow. was started. The other thing that's interesting is my entire boat crew graduated with me. So out of <laughs> 19, seven of us were a team. Yeah. And that's very, I don't think it's ever happened before and it never happened since. But it was because of this training that I had put myself through and with the guidance of a, a Japanese master, martial arts and Zen master named Nakamura. So I wanted to teach these candidates that, but I, you know, I couldn't 
I didn't have the same structure. You know, they weren't interested in putting a gi on and training karate, and they weren't. They didn't want to know about meditation, and everything. And so I, I, I started these three week, actually thirty day long live in academies. They're like a warrior monk academy. You can think of it like a Shaolin monastery for spec ops candidates. And they were in Encinitas, California, which is my hometown. And so I'd have guys come and live with us at this training center for 30 days. And we trained from zero dark 30 until eight, nine, 10, 11 at night, sometimes around the clock. And the graduation ceremony is still an event that we run to this day called Kokoro. It's 50 hours. It's kind of like a hell week simulation, 50 hours of nonstop training. Hell wow. weeks, five days, six days, five nights. This was only 50 days, you know, three days, two nights, but still it was the hardest. It's the hardest part of hell week is the first two days. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we simulated that with uh, expert, you know, Navy SEAL buds instructors as our coaches, and just an incredible experience. You imagine though, I had a lot of. I was the main. I was teaching everything. I was. Te- I built the entire eight weeks of SEAL fit training protocol, the operator wads from those academies, that became a best New York Times bestselling book, and those op wads still form the foundation of our online training. Yeah, and then um, I. All the other stuff that all the leadership and team development and mental toughness skills that I innovated there, you know, I took what I had learned and I, I called it uh, stripping the foo out of the Kung Fu. So I used <laughs> these things. I, I kind of bugged them down into the simplest methodologies and tools. And then I explained it in very practical terms to these young guys, you know, like instead of talking about, you know, the ancient art of pranayama, which is controlling the breath and using breath um, practices to really develop yourself mentally. I just called it box breathing, but box okay. breathing, it sounds really simple and it is, but it's a profound practice when you start adding the other elements to it. So I taught them these box breathing practices, which included concentration and visualization and the arousal control and attention control and mindfulness. And they, these SEAL candidates were just dominating, not 90% getting through SEAL training, 90%. Wow. And so now in the SEALs, you know, there's probably a, a few hundred. Now, SEALs are not a big force. There's like 2,000 total. So I'd say three or 400 have been trained by me or, you know, some various aspect, either through my events or my books or through my more direct training. And, wow. and the SEAL training center is now utilizing um, many of the unbeatable mind tools, such as box breathing and visualization and whatnot, um, and mindfulness during you know SEAL training now. So that's really cool. Uh, I feel like that's come full full circle. So that's how unbeatable mind was developed. Is let me, let me kind of be more specific. After a few years, I had a lot of civilians come to me and say, "Hey, listen, we love love what you're doing. It's incredible, but I, I just can't physically." do that. And I can't afford to take a month or three weeks out of my life. And, and do you have anything for me that I could, you know, where I could learn this stuff kind of on my own? And so I thought, well, okay, you know, this is a digital world and this is 2009, eight or nine. I said, I could put together a digital platform that, you know, where I could let this stuff kind of drip out over the course of a year, you know, using that theme that spec ops are mass produced. Well, unbeatable mind is is not mass produced. So I, it's a year long program. So I built a a year long course and I call it the unbeatable mind Academy. And we still have that course. It's been upgraded twice, but we call it the foundation course is phenomenal. And it's basically like absolutely 
everything that I've ever learned about Navy SEAL badassery, you know, Zen training, you know, advanced yoga practices, meditation, mindfulness, uh, visualization, breath work, uh, as well as an incredible um, way to help individuals clarify their why and know their purpose, you know, which is one of the right. main reasons people quit SEAL training or anything hard is they, 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 they're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, they're getting the ego in the way. Right. As well as teamwork and leadership. And and then I wrote a book based upon that course. And I kept it self-published because I knew that this would be a living program, meaning it was going to evolve as I evolved. And then it would end up being contributed to by the by the people who are using the program. And then right. now we have four or five hundred coaches who are certified or contributing to it. So. You're just like in the military, we we keep what works and we shit can what doesn't. We're always iterating and evolving. And it's, it's been a pretty phenomenal experience. So the book, I'm on my fourth edition. I'm going to launch the fourth edition of Unbeatable Mind in September. <laughs> Updated I love it. <laughs> during the pandemic. There you go. You had yeah. time. <laughs> and then it's going to spin into a series. So the next uh, second um Part of the series will be a book called Uncommon, which is really for younger leaders, you know, to, to really find their why and to overcome fear and to really just get after it in the marketplace right away. You know, when they're when they're leaving college or entering entering their first kind of career path. And then we're going to do that. unbeatable leader and unbeatable team. So really just kind of taking a different tack at um, bringing these principles into leadership and team building and organizational work. Well, and it's great because a lot of the the background of your experience, your credibility helps for individuals to understand the greater need for this. I love when, you know, one thing I loved about Unbeatable Mind was it was about the whole person. It was not just training like the physical side or the or the mental side, but like you're saying, it's everything. I want to mm-hmm. go back when you said that your whole boat crew passed. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that was? You know, I've thought about that. Um, I, I really think that the Zen training, you know, really they, in, in Japanese tradition, they say it's killing, you know, kills your ego. It doesn't really kill your ego. It, it kills your attachment to your identity um, as a thinker, right? And what I mean right. by that is you, you develop the sense that there's more to you than just your thoughts and emotions. And you create a space between thoughts and emotions and what, what I call the witness, and I describe that in my book, Unbeal Mind, obviously. So you cultivate this connection with your, your spiritual center, let's call it, the witness. And then that, that becomes your seat of awareness. And you make decisions from that perspective. And they're much, much more grounded because they're connected to your heart. In fact, the reason I use that term Kokoro for that 50-hour event is right. because Kokoro means to merge your heart and your mind into your actions. So hmm. when I showed up at SEAL training... You know, I had already been training Kokoro for four years and training to be not reactionary and not caught up and identified with my thoughts and emotions. And man, that's the that's like the the most powerful course in mental toughness right there. The mental toughness is basically you're able to look at your thoughts and be like, that's not me. And maybe even that thought isn't worthy. Right. It's either negative or it's going to lead me down the wrong path. So what is the right thought and what is the right response in this moment? And how do I chunk that down into an actionable item? That would be a micro goal. And how do I power it with positive energy and with an image that's linked to my why or my purpose or my mission? Mm-hmm. And 
And you train this way until that becomes a real-time, moment-to-moment process that is always with you. And it's extraordinarily powerful. So that's what I brought. Some version of that, an early version, I, I brought that to my team just by the way I showed up. And I didn't make it about me and I didn't have all the answers. And, you know, I, I was able to basically un, unleash the power of the team by empowering them to lead and for me to just to support them. So it sounds a lot like servant leadership before I'd ever heard of that term. But right. it's more than that. I also it was also more like presence leadership. You know, I was just present and listening and and being a good um, just being a good person to them, you know, not like leading with my ego, you know, leading with humility. And like I said, and, and being willing to admit when I didn't have the answers or if I, I was the one that screwed up, you know, being the first one to admit it and to, to give everyone you know, plenty of leash to screw up and to, um, you know, to learn from our mistakes. And we ended up, and also I brought these skills, like, you know, we would practice box breathing together and I would practice, um, you know, positive mantras with them. You know, we, we were just, we crushed almost everything. You know, anytime there was a team evolution, we just crushed it. And we even got secured early by four hours during Hell Week. And we got to go take like an hour long shower, <laughs> get, wow. get in some dry clothes. And I've got a picture of me in dry clothes out by the team as the team is sitting there shivering and sandy and, and getting secured by the commanding officer of Bud's. And we're standing behind everyone in these nice dry clothes. <laughs> that had to mess with their minds completely. <laughs> well, <laughs> they were like, well, what they do different, I'm sure. They could yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, and I love how everything centers around that, that mindset piece. And I, in the book, uh, The Way of the Seal, which is another best-selling uh, book, which is not surprising from you, um, there's, a, there's something in here that says the perpetual winds of pleasure – blow you in one direction, the gusts of pain push you in another. The problem is this keeps you from living your ideal life. I have had that on my desk because it is so true in the fact that, you know, there's so much out there for individuals, not just in this high, the high spec ops community, but individuals just in their daily lives that they don't live their ideal life. What have you found some of the defining differences that, that you were able to bring to people to help them start that? Well, again, I think that it really all starts with deepening your self-awareness. And that means to commit to daily training and practice. Um, and we call it the training five mountain training. And that means to, you know, to train, to integrate physically, mentally, emotionally, intuitionally, and spiritually or Kokoro. Those are the five mountains. And so we develop a five mountain training plan. And what happens is when you train these different aspects of your being together, then they come back together and we stop yeah. living as like mind separate from body, body separate from spirit, that type of thing. It all becomes this integrated whole, which is really what I learned through Zen and, and my um, advanced yoga training was that that was the ultimate aim of any kind of a self-development system was to become whole again, a whole person. It's like the Greek concept of whole person leadership or whole person assumes that you're not whole. <laughs> that's a thing. And that's true, especially in our modern world. We're not whole, right? You've got right. aspects that are 
uh, split off, you know, in your personality by the way you're raised. And so we want to reintegrate and become whole. And then the experience of that wholeness is what I call whole mind, which means your body, mind and spirit are all one. They're not separate things. It's not like your spirit is something you just haul to church on Sunday and then you leave it <laughs> be for the next, you know, the, until next Sunday. And your mind isn't something you just discover while you're reading a book or, you know, doing a course. It's like your mind and your body are, are really co-creating this reality together. Right. So, so I, I want, you know, when I start training people, I say, first, we've got to go within and we go within through a daily practice and that practice is an aspect of this five mountain training plan. So the practices of internal development are going to be breath control, concentration, mindfulness, meditation, and visualization as your as our primary. Then witnessing also would be an outcome of all of those processes, you know, where you become stabilized in that witnessing awareness as opposed to be completely merged with your thoughts and emotion and reactionary, which is what most people are. Right. So that turning in then um, allows you to be more centered and purposeful and clear when you're doing things, right? So you work on the being part of yourself so that when you're doing, you bring more being into it or beingness. And that could also be said another way that you, when you're doing things, when you're performing, you're more present you're clear about why you're doing things and you are able to bring more power into your decision-making because you've got that kind of separation between the thoughts and emotions and the ability to curate the quality and the directionality of your thoughts and emotions. Super powerful. Uh, yeah. And so that process in and of itself leads individuals closer and closer to their true calling and I truly believe like the, the overarching philosophy of unbeatable mind, if you could, you know, call it down to three words would be self mastery and service. I guess that's four words, self mastery in service. <laughs> yeah. So self mastery is the development of the five mountains and turning inward to curate the quality of your thinking and your emotional life, you know, and to clean up the emotional baggage. And what you do in your life is a service. But that service has to be done in a way that's in complete alignment with who you are and your calling and not just, you know, in service of making money or in service of your ego. Right. So the, t the two work together like hand in a glove. Right. You know? now, and not only have you helped individuals who, are, you know, are going through their daily lives or that those high achieving individuals, but you also used it uh, with your the Courage Foundation to use those frameworks to help individuals that are dealing with PTSD. Right. You know, you had a 70% success rate in healing those with uh, uh, post-traumatic growth. How does that, how does that differ from like the normal everyday individual or is it the same kind of philosophy? It's the same philosophy. Um, you know, the, this type of training can help an individual go from good to great or great to, utterly fulfilled, but it, it can also be used or it's every bit as legitimate to be and helpful to help someone get out of a complete rut that they're in their life and, and make no mistakes. That's someone who's suffering from post-traumatic stress is in a serious rut. They're in a, in a mental and emotional rut and they don't see a way out of it. So we 
and our methodology is to kick events or kick off um, relationships with people like the, the vets, especially with a immersive training, like a three-day immersive training, which ideally would be in person, but we ended up having to do it virtually, obviously, last year. Right. And, um, and then in that training, we teach the fundamental um, methodologies and tools of unbeatable mind, like box breathing and, the, and you know, the different skills like five mountain training, things that I've talked about. And then we put them into a boat crew. So now they've got a team again. And then that boat crew is coached by one of our certified coaches. So now they've got a trusted um, partner, advisor, mentor, coach who can, you know, answer their questions and help guide them and hold them accountable. And we also, within their boat crew, we assign swim buddies. And so that means every oh, wow. individual yep. has another individual who's got their back. And we make each swim buddy responsible for their other swim buddies so that, you know, if the other person's falling down, hey, it's my fault. You know, it's it's my job to help them. Yeah. You know, if I'm not there for them, then it's, you know, I'm letting my teammate down, that kind of thing. So, and we do this for a full 12 months, right? So most programs that support vets, there's a lot of really good programs out there, but they're like one and done. You go to an event, you learn <laughs> yoga and some breathing, and then you're, you're gone. And the problem with that is that these vets go back into their old patterns and their old environments, and they get sucked right back into the same old stuff. Yeah. So we want to be there like a safety net. We teach them the skills, but then we have them practice the skills day in and day out. And we have a team, you know, their team holds them accountable and they come together once a week on our team calls and their coach holds them accountable and helps them, you know, while, you know, follow this journey. And so we've got a whole 12 months to work with them. And, and so the purpose finding, the teamwork, the accountability, and the practices of self-awareness and giving them a mission again, all are um, extraordinarily useful. And so generally speaking, if we can get someone to really buy into it after the first, you know, first, first 30 days, then we can tr help them transform back to a really healthy individual. That's amazing. It's kind of like when you're talking about the first two days is the hardest of hell week. Right. It's almost like the last few days of, of that training is, is the hardest because you're not in the environment that is able to help you. But I love that it's 12 months or yeah, 12 months that you guys do that because right. it's a, it's not an easy process. I, I understand that. No, the, the best part, I love how it transitions from the unbeatable mind, the individual to now you just had a book that you put out staring down the wolf. Um, amazing book. And in the book, you talk about uh, um, seven aspects to be able to uh, form a great team with elite individuals. And it, it's amazing that you, you transition from you getting that elite mindset to now being able to create this team. The, the seven in, uh, aspects are courage, trust, respect, growth, excellence, resilience, and alignment. How does that correlate into that unbeatable mind? How do you, how do you transition from getting somebody to that elite mindset and then having this team of elite individuals? Well, the, the general premise here is that first unbeatable mind can be used as a personal development or leadership development. It, it really is the same because in both cases, we're trying to become the best version of ourselves. Right. Uh, and when it comes to self-development, it's just, that's, just because I want to become the best version of myself so I can serve profoundly. But when I'm serving, I'm leading. All of us right. are leaders. You know, we're leading our family. We're leading our teams. 
And even if we're being led, we're leading. You know, in the SEALs, we had part of our ethos was ready to lead, ready to follow, and never quit. So that leadership and that followership role are always just this continuum, right? Always this continuum. So in one moment, I might be following this moment, I'd be leading. And even if I'm following, I'm leading myself and I'm leading by example. So um, through our SEAL Fit training, we've developed a really unique skill in being able to develop leadership and team skills because when we do our events, everything is built for the team, right? Meaning there's nothing that you can really accomplish alone in our Kokoro camp. It's you have to be able to accept help and offer help and be a great teammate. And then we change up leadership roles all the time. And we just, we just prove this principle that you got to be ready to lead, ready to follow and, and never quit. But if you can get that principle, along with some of the others, like earn your trident every day. That means just show up, put out 100% every single day. And that is where, and that takes courage, but that's where great trust and respect is developed. So, and the other thing I'll have to say is, you know, nobody really develops alone. It's not like, we're not, you know, the the time of being able to go into a cave and just be a yogi or, you know, hide (laughs) from society and develop is is gone. And, and those people, even they developed great um, mental clarity and skills, but they were, they were lousy teammates because they just did not interact with, you know, w- with others very well. That needs to be trained, right? There's right. a lot of emotional development that needs to happen in order to be a really good teammate and leader and to not be the limiting factor in your team's, um, you know, team's potential, really. Right. So what we do is we use these seven um, commitments and they're like practices and there's a positive quality and negative quality to each. And the negative quality is in order to develop uh, courage, you know, you've got to stare down your fear of doing hard things, right. And failure. And a lot of people don't want to do hard things. They don't want to fail, especially leaders. They think they're supposed to be seen as perfect or as the right and they're risk averse. And right. but then that limits your team because teams need to be challenged. Teams need to have risk, uh, a risk tolerance that is relatively high so they can learn and grow. So if you're the leader whose risk tolerance doesn't have the risk tolerance because you haven't stared down your fear of failure and and, re- you know, some sort of consequences from that, then you're going to be the one that's limiting the team. And I saw this in the mill- mm-hmm. in the seals, you know, leaders who were unwilling to really put it out there for the team their teams didn't perform very well because they weren't taking risks and they became risk averse themselves, stuff like that. So we want that. We, we recognize that leadership leaders can't develop without their teams and that teams will develop. The team members will develop faster when the leader develops with them alongside them in the, in the Petri dish. So that's oh. our whole, um, company unbeatable now is about offering these what these we call these boat crews the same thing we use the same term we use for the courage foundation where we bring in either a corporate team where they're all in one team into these boat crews and they get busy learning all the principles and and exposing their vulnerabilities and weaknesses to each other and shoring each other up and supporting each other or you can come in as an individual to the company and we'll put you in a boat crew or you can recruit your own boat crew you know it's right. a really cool model, and we're just kind of kicking it off in the last year or two. We had great success with it. Now we're, we're finding um, success with some pretty big 
you know, companies like we're, we got a proposal out with SpaceX for their new inspiration for it's actually wow. inspiration for is the um, civilian flight that's going to take yep. four civilians up around the earth. And, um, and there's others, you know, other companies that we're starting to really um, bring this concept to. So we're really pretty excited about it. Uh, it's very, very effective. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, having read most of your books and going through some of that training, it's amazing to see, you know, the things that you're going to be putting out, I can only imagine. Make sure you go to unbeatablemind.com or sealfit.com. You can also go to markdevine.com. Mark, one of the things that I have always admired about what you put into your books is you really speak to, and you had mentioned this earlier, you really speak to the general person and let them feel like they can get to that elite status. How was that possible? You know, how did you, how were you able to manifest that to be able to speak to an individual who may have never been in the military, who may have never been elite in anything? Yeah, I, that term elite, you know, I, sometimes I wish I never used it. It's, it's just, <laughs> it just means to be the best version right. of yourself possible. And, and in that regard, everyone's got the capacity to be the best version of themselves as possible, which makes them elite, right? And yes. so everyone, and I used to say, even a Navy SEAL starts with the first set of push-ups, right? Right. I, I've seen guys come through my training who I'm like, there's no way. In fact, my cousin, who's a great guy, when he first showed up saying, hey, Uncle Mark, I want to be a Navy SEAL to my training center. I was like, oh, God, this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. And it sure enough, it took like nine months into the 18 months that he stayed with us and trained with us before he turned the corner and suddenly started to show that fire in the belly. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, maybe this guy can really do it. And he ended up making it. He's at SEAL Team 4 right now. Wow. Um, so, and he was every bit as average as every, anyone who's thinking, well, I can't do that. He was definitely that right when he came in and, and I yeah. probably was when I started too. it was my fire in the belly. You know, I was probably fitter than him. And in, in a lot of regards, I was, I was more educated because I had a master's degree, but you know, I was from a small town in upstate New York, grew up in a chaotic family with an angry dad. And, you know, I had a lot of shadow to overcome and a lot of, you know, self-esteem issues to overcome. And I did it, but I did it because of these practices. I did it by looking within and recognizing that inside is this awesome power that we all have, not just Mark Divine. Right. We all have it. And you can tap into that power. It's like it's our God, you know, given gift. And we can develop our mind and we can develop our body and we can learn to align with our calling. And when we do that, we are then elite because that's rare. And that's what humanity needs us to do. That's the reason we're on this planet. Right. And that's what I want to teach people. And you don't have to want yeah. to be a Navy SEAL or anything besides, let's say, a mom or a dad. And tons of my clients are, are just moms and dads or they're business leaders or entrepreneurs. Or, you know, so I just gave a speech to a bunch of superintendents. And, man, it was a great group of people. And I just yeah. gave a speech to... Yesterday, I was on stage at Tony Robbins Wealth Mastery in front of 4,000 people <laughs> of all walks of life and kids. Yeah. And it was just awesome experience. Really cool. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Mark, I, I appreciate you being on the show today and giving a lot of wisdom. I always end the show with three different questions. They're the same ones for each guest. So it kind of gives them an idea of uh, from the CEO to uh, Mark Devine to the pro athlete. 
what the difference is. So here's the first question for you. What would you, what would be one big suggestion or advice that you would tell to your 18 year old self? Hmm. Trust <laughs> my gut. Nah, <laughs> page 12. <laughs> Trust your gut. I love that. I love that. Here's the second one for you. With people going through all the challenging and hard times on many different levels, what are two daily habits that you think that they should put into their life right now to start living forward? Well, first is, you'll probably um, know I'm going to say this, but to develop a daily habit of breath training. So I call it box breathing and Mm -hmm. learning, you know, taking time, minimum five minutes up to 20 minutes when you wake up in the morning to just breathe in through your nose to a four count or a five count, hold your breath for four or five count, exhale for the same duration and then hold your breath. And this is an incredible practice to de-stress and to calm your body mind down and to develop mental clarity. And this is the first thing I teach all this Navy SEAL trainees, and it's it's a game changer. Yeah. And just the proof is just just to do it for thirty days and and come back and re- report your results, and you'll you'll experience an entirely different uh, relationship to anxiety, to stress. Um, your body starts to come back into balance. Everything just gets better and easier with this practice. So start a daily practice of box breathing, right. and then secondly is. Um, to take time during the day to just slow down and pause and declutter your environment. And what I mean by that is just, you know, just stop the email, stop the testing, stop the (laughs) social media, go outside and take a walk, right? Just stop, disconnect from all digital devices and go outside and take a walk because, you know, we're developing this like massive distraction hysterica hysteria because there's just so much information coming at us. And, you know, the apps are all gamified to keep you distracted and dis, you know, yep. to keep you at dis-ease actually. Cause it, you know, you're constantly looking for that next dopamine hit. So just yeah. unplug from all that crap and go outside for a walk and just breathe deeply and feel the fresh air and the sun against your face and sit down and just, just observe what's going on. Don't enjoy it. Enjoy life. <laughs> yeah, don't just stop doing for a while. And just, be, yeah. just allow yourself to be. It's incredibly <laughs> rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Last question here for you. If you had the chance to have coffee with three people, they can be deceased or alive at a firehouse table. So nothing is off the table to talk about. Who would they be? Oh, man, that's such a cool question. One of them would be Leonidas, uh, King Leonidas, the Spartan King. I would definitely yes. want to sit down and talk to him. The other one would be uh, Jesus. You know, I'd love to have a right. conversation with Jesus. And then the final one would be this guy named Babaji, who's one okay. of the most, most advanced yogis, um, who is considered to be kind of the deathless yogi. You know, he had mastered his body to such an extent that you know, apparently he just keeps on living, you know. So I'd like to learn how to do that. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, <laughs> or learn how he did it. Let's put it that way. I was going to say, you got three people at that coffee table that will be able to help you with a lot of different things. That's right. <laughs> well, Mark, if I you appreciate arrange, you. If you could arrange that, uh, that I, meetup, I'd appreciate it. Uh, give me a week or two, and then I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, make sure you go to unbeatablemind.com or sealfit.com and find out more from Mark. He has so many things going on. And everything is going to only benefit you to be a better person. Mark, thanks so much for joining me today. 
Thanks for listening and supporting the Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast and please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. Until next time, live your life forged in the fires.